going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode here of the Side Guys Football Forum. I'm one of your co-hosts, Norman the Side, joined as always by my good friend, my good buddy, the other half of the Side Guys, Mr. Tad the Side. And Tad, happy new year. I mean, happy new year. Episode of the 2023 calendar year. Um, We had a little bit of a break. Obviously, there was the holidays. And I think like a lot of people, um, podcasters, writers, all that you want to name it. They took a little bit of a break or for the respect for Damar Hamlin last week. So nothing was mm-hmm. getting produced yep. there. So we definitely observed that as well at LAFB Network. But yep, we are back in it, back in the saddle. Um, unfortunately, though, Tad, I don't know if you noticed, I'm don't wearing you- like all black here. Um, it's sort of to mourn the fact that the fantasy season is over now. <laughs> it's like well, I'm I'm mourning another loss, but we'll get into that later. But uh, <laughs> but no, hey, I mean, fantasy season is over. It was great. Um, quite the fantasy season, man. We had yeah, a lot of. Well. And we're gonna get in that well. this episode, but you know what? I had a great time, and uh, you know, we we have some very very exciting off season news coming up uh, that we'll announce in a little bit. So it's not like, you know, you and I are taking a step back in this offseason. You and I are going to be quite busy. I don't know. We're still going to go strong. We're definitely still going to keep a lot of the content going on. Fantasy related, not fantasy related. I mean, there's going to be a lot of stuff. Maybe a mix of both. Yeah, it could be a mix of both, too. There could be some hybrid models there. Yeah, we'll see exactly what's going to be happening. But, yeah, the break is over. We're going to be coming back to you guys on a regular basis. And I think the biggest thing, too, is that not only are we not stopping, but our friends at Bet Online are not stopping either. Because, like you said, Ted, the regular season, it may be over, but now we are kickstarting into postseason football. I mean, this is a fantastic time to be a football fan. And Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, whether that's the NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, esports, golf. I mean, they got you covered on all fronts. If you want to make a bet on a sport, Bet Online has you covered. So head to Bet Online today on your computer or mobile device and join, and you can receive a 50% of a welcome bonus on top of your first deposit. Make sure to use our promo code Believe. That's capital B L E A V, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on top of your first deposit. Once again, that promo code is Believe. Capital B. L E A V and you'll receive your rewards bet online where the game starts. And I mean, Tad, like, I mean, I know you're a big sports better. Obviously, like I said, we got super wild card weekend. Super, got- you stole my line. <laughs> I was just about to say that super wild card weekend, dude. I am psyched for it. And here's the best part. This is one of the few benefits of being a teacher. And this was great. Cause I was obviously very, you know, bummed coming off some sports news this past weekend or some sports yeah. scores this past weekend. And um, one of my buddies texted me, he's like, dude, and he's a teacher as well. He goes, you realize we have Monday off for MLK Day. I was like, and it totally made my weekend. So I get to totally (laughs) enjoy Super Wildcard Weekend. I'm so excited. And yeah, there's no better place than Bet Online to make that weekend even better. And I'm telling you guys, just a little quick advice here, that Vikings minus three against the Giants. I like the Giants upset. I'm just saying. 
I'm just a lot saying. of people are surprised gonna pick the Giants, but Tad, we're gonna save all of our playoff talk. We got an episode coming up later in the week too. Oh, good. To okay. go into all of our playoff okay. discussions and predictions, especially. I need to get this Super out of my system. That's good. With Super Wild Card Weekend right around the corner, six playoff games. It's gonna be a fantastic oh, weekend so for good. sure. Um, but yeah, as we sort of discussed, unfortunately the regular season's over, which means fantasy football season is over as well. There are some people that do fantasy playoff football. I don't think it's just as exciting. Is there? I've actually never heard of that. Yeah, no, I've seen it on a lot of platforms. I think NFL.com definitely runs one. Okay. I think I've seen it on Yahoo as well. I don't think ESPN runs one. They run like different games during the postseason. But ESPN does like the the you know like the the pick'em special or whatever like that. Yeah, they do some different stuff there. But yeah, there are a few platforms out there that do playoff specific fantasy football. Um, but yeah, we are here to sort of you know use the rest of this month to sort of wrap up the 2022 season and maybe give a little bit of a preview towards the 2023 season so but yeah the biggest thing that we're going to get into in today's episode is we're going to get into some fantasy surprises and some fantasy disappointments so who are some players that just came out of nowhere and surprised whether it was a guy off the waiver wire whether it was a guy that you drafted like maybe in the 10th or 11th round that ended up becoming a really good pick um maybe you made a trade for a guy thinking that he was going to be really good he ended up being really good then we also got the flip side where it's like guys that you drafted maybe in the first, second, or third round that ended up being complete buzz. Maybe you made a trade for a guy and he ended up getting hurt or something like that too. Like, I mean, we're going to be covering both sides of the coin here with surprises and disappointments, but let's start with some good first, Tad. So let's get into some fantasy surprises. I'm going to pass it to you here first, like I usually do. And I want to get, I want you to give me a player that was a fantasy surprise during this past regular season. I mean, he's not only just the, a fantasy surprise. He was probably the surprise of the NFL season. Uh, he should absolutely be comeback player of the year. Um, and I, I would love it. I tried. I couldn't quite find the stats, but I would have loved to seen his roster number coming out of the draft, like, you know, mid-September roster numbers. And my pick for the biggest surprise of this year's fantasy season is Geno Smith. Geno Smith finished as a top 10 fantasy quarterback. No one saw this coming. I didn't see it coming. I, I think one of my Seahawks hot takes was that like Drew Locke was going to have a career rebound. I, I, the only time I ever saw Drew Locke on TV was him just sitting on the bench. Like it, Geno Smith's career uh, has just taken the craziest 180 I've ever seen in my life. So he threw for 30 touchdowns, 11 interceptions on the season. I know his and, – and here's what I was talking about earlier with the morning. Much like my beloved TCU Horn Frogs, we cannot let a bad ending ruin what has been a great season because, yes, Geno Smith did fall below 15 points in three of his last starts – before the regular season was up. And I know that was hugely frustrating for fantasy owners. I know he might have lost you the title. But again, much like my TCU Horn Fry, I noticed I'm making all these connections. He got you there. He got you. You got there. Like, he, you got to the title because at least he was good enough throughout the entire season. And that's something you got to be thankful for. So do not let the bitter end spoil what was such a sweet season. And so I, I really think that you know, he, his performance is going to go underrated, especially fantasy wise, because from weeks four to 14, so that 10 week stretch, he scored, um, over 19 points, 19 points or more 
eight times. So 80% of that span, he scored more than 19 points. That is a type of consistency that you really only find the upper echelon of fantasy football quarterbacks. And look at Aaron Rodgers. People drafted Aaron Rodgers expecting that type of consistency this year. And, oh, wow, I just thought about it. That would have been a great disappointment. Spoiler alert, neither one of us picked him for disappointment. But, ooh, man. <laughs> Very true. That would have been going. But I just think that, you know, he is just – it's – it's his turnaround was insane. It's just a great story. That's one of the best waiver wire picks pickups of the season. And, again, that's why I try to go back and look at his roster percentage because I – maybe he was drafted in one or two percent of leagues would be my guess. I don't think many people draft him. I feel like everybody thought that Drew Locke was going to take over eventually. And now, like I said, he's leading candidate and the most deserving candidate of comeback player of the year award. He was in the MVP race for God's sakes for a couple weeks there. Now I remember one last thing before I finish up and hand it off to you in the last six years before this, how many touchdowns, or sorry, excuse me, five years before this, how many touchdowns did he throw for? Probably going to say two. Seven. Seven. Yeah, I knew it was a single digit. Number five because, years. I mean, yeah. Five years. He only threw for seven touchdowns before this. And now 30 and 11 on par for a massive contract. I personally think he's going to stay with Seattle, but he is going to be a fantasy player looking forward. That is going to be very interesting, especially if he goes to a new team. If he goes back to the Jets, that is going to be very hard to gauge. We're going to get a lot of discussion out of that. Yeah, I think just the biggest thing with Geno Smith, too, is that the quarterback position sometimes takes time. Like, I mean, you evaluate yeah, a quarterback. You don't realize that it's like a guy's not going to hit all the time in his rookie year. Like, you very rarely get those situations where it's like, you know, I think Ben Roethlisberger was successful in his rookie year. But it's like not everybody falls into those things. And it's like sometimes it takes a little bit of time. They mature. They learn more from different offenses that they've been in, learning from different coordinators, different coaches. And then finally it hits and it all clicks for them. So it's like Geno Smith's a very good story of just like – just because a guy is not succeeding early on, that doesn't mean they're absolutely, you know, their career is done in the NFL. You give them a little bit of time, they could possibly revitalize their career. Now, obviously, so, that's not going to apply to every quarterback, but I think this is just hopefully a good sign that's like quarterback prospects are not just going to be given up so quickly. <laughs> two points on that is one, I mean, you will definitely agree with this. I love how you brought up the coordinators is an excellent example of this is Alex Smith. 100%. Everybody was saying that Alex Smith was bust and, oh, my God, he's so terrible. Well, you guys cycled through coordinators like no other with him. So, of course, he was a bust. Like, imagine trying to learn, like, something new every – imagine starting a new job every single year for about six years straight. That is very hard for anyone to do, especially on a national scale. So, yeah, that consistency is something very important. Another thing I've always – I've said this for close to a decade now. I can pinpoint exactly when that patience ran out. It was the Matt Ryan, Joe Flacco rookie years because both of them did so well their rookie year. And everyone was they like, did. oh, mm -hmm. they can be so good immediately. And you can see that is immediately when everyone's expectations totally shifted. Because, yeah, there it's used true. to be that patience. Eli Manning sat his entire rookie year. Uh, people were shocked that Mahomes – Sat his entire rookie year, except for that one game. So it, it's what I can pinpoint that exact year, but you are so right. It's just like these quarterbacks need more time. I'm, he's going to suck with the Jets, but I'm not giving up on Zach Wilson yet. There's just enough there where I'm like, I could see this like rebound happening. There's some other younger quarterbacks, but that that's probably a podcast episode for later. But I completely agree. Is He is an excellent example of you just put them in the right position. You give them the support. 
you give them the support, you get a fan base that was sick of Russ and gets basically the opposite of Russ and Gino. And this is what you get is comeback player of the year and one of the biggest fantasy surprises of the year. Yeah, no, 100%, 100%. Geno Smith is a great pick. And so, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen after this season. Um, That's definitely going to be a discussion for a podcast. I don't know. I yeah, really don't know. Gonna I was going to put in a prediction, but I really don't know. Yeah, we'll save that for another podcast down the road here. Yeah, but um, I'm going to get into one of my surprises here. And all, very similar to Geno Smith, like this was one of the surprise teams in 2022 as well. And that's Detroit Lions. And mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the running back Jamal Williams. So I know a lot of people for the past, I'd probably say two or three seasons, they were very much writing that DeAndre Swift is going to break out. DeAndre Swift is going to break out finally. And a lot of people anticipated that this season too. And it's like he did get hurt a couple of times. I, I called you that. You were in I that thought, boat I thought he was. He was one of my biggest breakout candidates for this year going into the season. Exactly. You're not alone in that. And so a lot of people anticipated him having a really good season. Um, And he did have a pretty good season, but I don't think anybody expected Jabal Williams to have a better season. He finished the season with 225.9 fantasy points in standard PPR formats, excuse me, which was the 13th place finish. So he finished within the top 15 of fantasy running backs. He led the NFL in rushing touchdowns at 17, which is four more than the next closest, which was Derek Henry and Austin Eckler. They tied for second with 13, obviously, with that math there. So, I mean, he absolutely crushed it there. One of only seven running backs with 250 rushing attempts, one of only eight running backs that had double-digit touchdowns, and one of only 14 running backs with over 1,000 rushing yards. He finished 10th in the rushing yards as well. So like I said, there was a little bit that DeAndre Swift got hurt, but even with that, it's like the fact that he just dominated this backfield on the ground is just surprising to see. He finished with nearly double the rushing yards that DeAndre Swift had, oh, and he wow. finished seven spots ahead of him as far as fantasy is and concerned. And he's about, what, six years older? I believe so, if I remember correctly. But yeah, so like I said, Swift still had a fantastic season. He did more of his damage through the passing game. Jamal Williams totally dominated it on the rushing attack for the Detroit Lions. This Swift-Williams combination is a big reason, like I said, why the Detroit Lions were such a good offense. They finished in third in total yards and fifth in total points in the NFL Ted, I, I, I looked at this and I was shocked. They also had the fewest turnovers in the NFL. The Lions. Uh, <laughs> like, I saw that. I, mean, and I was just how like, many picks did Goff throw? I got to look that up. Exactly. Like, I mean, that's the more surprising thing that just this offense definitely is going to take them to another level. They're buying into Dan Campbell, sort of like, you know, that feisty attitude over the bite the kneecaps and just like you know we just don't want them to get in when they're playing the final game against the green bay packers like i mean all the players are bought in it is going to be so fascinating to see what's going to happen in 2023 now obviously but just jamal williams as a fantasy player this past season just nobody saw his rise coming and how good of a finish that he had over under 12 picks for golf this year what do you think I think it's under. I think he'll probably it's only under. It's seven. It's under 10. He yeah. only threw seven picks this year. That I was is gonna crazy. Say eight, but yeah. It's like, yeah, I think he controlled the ball a little bit better than obviously that 29 and seven. Wow. I bet the Rams kind of regret that now. And the big um, thing too is like already that we, we talked about, they use Swift and Williams, which is the rushing attack. So you yeah. don't need to force so much pressure on Jared. Swift. only Hopkins, had so 29. Like, yeah, exactly. So yeah, I think that's a lot of the reason too. Yeah, no, I, I remember, and I'm pretty sure, I can't remember if it was our YouTube or podcast episode, but if you go back to week one where Jamal Williams had like, you know, 15 or 20 points, I'm like, are they really going to do this again? 
And then they, yeah, they did it again. Where DeAndre Swift, because like I said, I thought this was his breakout. And another interesting thing to know on, you know, like it's not just the injury that made this so impressive. Because I remember DeAndre Swift, when he came, because I held on to him. He was on my roster. So I held on to him when he came back from the injury. And he only had three points, five points, six points. And the conversation started going of, should he even be rostered? And yeah. it was all because Jamal Williams was so effective. So I'm right there with you. No one saw that Jamal Williams would be a borderline capable running back one. This is a great pick because it just no everyone thought exactly like what you said. DeAndre Swift, is his breakout is finally coming, and it's truly a two-headed monster here. Dallas could yeah. take some notes. <laughs> seriously, seriously. So let's keep things moving along here. Give me your other surprise player. I mean, let's go running back to running back. Josh Jacobs. Woo! Man, it's uh, and the reason I say this is I'll, I'll share the story in a bit, but I, I you know, he, talk about surprise. He his fifth year option has declined along with every other first round pick in that draft. Everyone thinks all three of them are busts, and granted, the other two are. Um, <laughs> but man, like this, they, basically they force him into the the typical one year prove it deal. You got one year either you know go all out or we're done and it, it was funny i i so as people know i'm in an auction draft in my league and uh i got josh jacobs for i don't know like eight bucks nine bucks and i was like i, I kid you not i literally did this i was drafting with some friends in the room i'll go yes and my buddy matt looks at me and goes dude you are the only person happy about getting josh jacobs and i was like dude i think he's a sleeper and here's where i go woo is because i traded him I yeah. traded him right before he got high, and that was the worst trade I made all season, bar none. Because you look at his stats, and like he is so good. He finished, I, I kid you not, Mer, third ranked fantasy running back. Third. That's crazy to me. So he scored over 15 points eight times a season. Yeah. Now, I think this is why people are kind of sleeping on him. He was a boomer bust prospect because he finished in the single digits five times. But when he boomed, he really boomed. So I think he was really, really good this season. I think, you know, that that could be the – like you were talking about at the beginning of the episode. That is probably the draft pick of the season, in my opinion, because uh, he was drafted. Most people drafted him. So if not everybody drafted him. But I, I think that's the draft pick because most people got him, you know, fourth round on, and he ended up being, once again, the top five running back in the league and top five running backs go in the top five of the draft. And you got him in the mid round. That's absolute steal. Josh Jacobs, one of the biggest surprises. Don't let his boomer bust ruin it for you. And also that dude earned himself a paycheck this off season. Yeah. Whether that's going to be with the Raiders or whether that's going to be with another that's, team. That's going to be another season, interesting That's going to be line. very interesting yeah, to see that will for be sure. Interesting. Um, but yeah, the tough thing is because I traded Josh Jacobs away in one of my leagues as well. It's because we both he started the season. He started terribly. He started three, terribly. Three out of the that's first four weeks, like, he scored under 10 points. Exactly. So I had the same vote where I was like, God, I can't believe I drafted this guy. I need to get him off my roster. Same, then he started same. doing well. So I was like, all right, this is exactly what I need to sort of unload him off my roster. So I was able to unload him. Thankfully, I got Kenneth Walker the third in return. So I didn't Ooh, you know, lose nice. my roster too much. So I was actually okay. But just, yeah, that's he ended up turning it on so much better towards the rest of the season but just yeah that slow start had me worried so that's why i ended up shipping him off but yeah josh jacobs is clearly looking really good and i think he can really benefit whether he stays with the raiders he can benefit that offense or he can benefit another offense if he decides to leave and that offensive line is not all that good like not saying they're bad right. but they're it's they're, right, they're yeah. middle tiers like could you yeah. imagine him with like the oh 
Not to put an idea in your head, imagine him with the Niners. Woo! I think we already have a pretty good running back in San Francisco. Hey, so you, you, you combine those two? <laughs> um, but I'm going to move into my other surprise player here, and it's a quarterback. And I'm really just surprised at how well he did, which is why he's on my list is why I picked him. And that's Justin Fields with the Chicago yeah, Bears. So. I mean, this was the easy pick. This he finished the season pick. as the sixth best fantasy quarterback, closed 2022 with 295.98 fantasy points, just a shade under 300 in standard PPR formats. Um, clearly, Fields didn't do it through the air. Like, I mean, he had under 2,500 passing yards. Like, he was not getting it done with his arm. What turned it on for him was that midway through the season, I think he hit realized that's like, all right, I don't have a good offensive line. I don't have a lot of weapons. My defense is subpar at times. I need to put this at on times. my shoulders. So he took it on himself. He ended up rushing for over 1,100 yards, seventh in the NFL out of all players. So that includes running backs, seventh in the NFL, eight rushing touchdowns, which tied for 12th in the NFL among all players as well. He ranked as the fifth best fancy quarterback from weeks five to 15. Like I said, something in that midway point of the season, he was like, I need to do this on my own. And that's when it just totally clicked. The offense looked a little bit better. It allowed the defense to play a little bit better too. So, I mean, clearly, like, I mean, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but just as we're getting here into the off season, the bears hold the number one pick thanks to the Houston Texans, gifting them the pick by going for two and converting it against your Colts. Like I was watching I that game. And I was like, I love really? that so much. Really? This is what you're going to do. That Houston? was, that was the best Colts law. Loss of my entire life. Like that was, I was, I was, I was joyous that we lost. I was like, I, I was both care. happy. I was both shocked. I was just like, what is going on here? We both have friends who are Bears fans, Matt and oh, Jay. So I mean, they're the both champagne. excited. So, but just clearly, if they can upgrade this offensive line. And they could get Fields another weapon or two because they did trade for Chase Claypool. Hopefully, Darnell Mooney can have a rebound season. Cole Komet had a really good season this year. Um, but you pair that up with the great running backs that they have, Khalil Herbert, possibly David Montgomery. He may walk in free agency. But it's like you upgrade just a few pieces on that offense. Now, all of a sudden, Fields can become a dual threat, very much like what we saw with what we see with Josh Allen and also what we saw with Jalen Hurts this past season. I think he could fit into that same mold. He won't have to run as much, but he definitely has that ability in case his receivers get covered, a busted play, he could go and scramble. Because you clearly saw it this past season that he could do that. So I really like Justin Fields heading into 2023. As long as they make some small improvements, I really like him as a quarterback as far as a thrower, not just a rusher anymore. But yeah. I did not expect Justin Fields to do this good based on what I saw on that roster when the season began. I was just like, really? I do not trust this yeah. man's quarterback. No, that's fair. And I'm so glad you brought up this guy's name is Jalen Hurts because that is – I'm getting you know, very much Jalen Hurts vibes from him. And not in terms of on the play style because I, I do think they play a little differently. I think Fields is honestly a better runner than yeah. Hurts. Um but in terms of fantasy, this is exact. People forget this is exactly what Hurts was fantasy when he first started breaking out. Was he's a kind of a crap thrower, but God, he gets those you know six points on those rushing touchdowns, and that's why he's so valuable. And you know, and that's another potential surprise players. I, I think Hurts had a pretty good breakout season this year as well. But I think that's because exactly what we talked about. Give him time to develop. Hertz is a good runner, so let him run. Hopefully he doesn't get hurt too bad. Luckily he didn't. And now Hertz is a pretty good passer as well. And I, I I see the same trajectory for Fields because, yeah, like you said, he's not a very good passer. I don't think many people can argue against that. But, it, it, again, going back to fantasy, it reminds me a lot of he'll get you those six points 
and then just let him slowly develop into a passer. So especially if you're in Dynasty League, that is a top-tier player I'm giving up the farm for uh, going forward because I'm a big believer in Justin Fields now. And just to sort of put a final nail in this coffin here, but just like the oh, biggest right, thing that Philadelphia— right. It's the Ties players, Bo, Bo on the present. Bo on the but present. the biggest thing is just that what we saw Philadelphia do is they traded for A.J. Brown to that's help Jalen Hurts. Yeah. They upgraded the offensive line to make sure that's good. They already had Devontae Smith. They had Dallas Goddard at the tight end position. So it's like you add just one or two more pieces, all of a sudden your quarterback has that much more support. So I, but if that same thing happens to Justin Fields, yeah, he could definitely have that meteoric rise that Jalen Hurts had this season. So, I mean, he finished sixth. Can you imagine where he could finish? With, Once he, he actually a little bit more support? throw, yeah. Exactly. Well, all right, all right. On behalf of Chris Ballard, this is my final offer, Bears fans. Michael Pittman, first overall pick. It's a fair trade. <laughs> it's a fair trade. We'll see about that. We'll see about that. So, Tad, let's definitely get into some disappointments now, just players that just didn't fit the bill, who had a terrible 2022 season and just ended up, you know, languishing a lot of fantasy managers as far as, like, why is this guy in my roster sort of thing. So hit me with a disappointed player. So I won't spend too much time on this player because he didn't spend so much time on the field. And it was funny because Amir and I actually had like a, you know, a discussion when we were sharing our picks before this. Yeah, spoiler alert, we know our picks going in. But um, <laughs> and he said, he was like, I don't know if he played long enough. I think it's the context is what makes it so disappointing. And my most, dis- maybe not most, but one of the most disappointing players in fantasy football this year was Deshaun Watson. Because there was a guy in my league this year who took him and stashed him. Now, lucky, luckily for him, my league allows you to stash a suspended player on the IR. But even then, you are spending a very valuable IR spot. Now, maybe you're not in one of those leagues like me, and you stashed him, and you're wasting a roster spot, expecting like, hey, my roster is good enough. I'm going to get the playoffs. Then we have a former three-time pro bowler, NFL passing yards leader. He's going to come in with a very soft schedule. That's a huge part of this. That Cleveland Brown schedule at the end of the year was really, really easy. And like, he's going to, you know, be himself and he's going to, you know, drive me that title run at the end. He did the exact opposite. He was terrible, terrible. And so not even that, okay, let's assume you didn't even waste the roster spot, but let's assume that you were unfortunately one of the Jalen Hurts people or uh, who else got hurt? Lamar Jackson, Tua. Like you were, so many quarterbacks went down late. There's no way that a lot of people did not pick up Deshaun expecting him to catapult them into that title. And like I said, he did the opposite. He only scored uh, 20 points or more in one game, in one game. And that was because he scored 21. And he only like it. Just, he looked terrible. He scored less than 15 points, less than 15 points in half his games. So I think he, I I'm willing to bet he screwed over a lot of people in their playoff run. So even in the short amount of time he played, that is disappointing. He looked terrible just watching him. He looked terrible in fantasy. This was a hugely disappointing, uh, you know, just performance overall this year. And honestly, the comparison is perfect. Just like the Browns, I am positive that a lot of people gambled big on Deshaun Watson not losing a step. That dude has lost a step. Will he regain it? Maybe. But this year, he screwed you over pretty good. Yeah, I think it's more worse for the people that drafted him, specifically, like you said, to stash yeah. him on the bench. Yeah, if you, if you drafted him, him in that even in his last round, like, exactly. what, a, what a waste of a pick. 
yeah, so that unfortunately hurts you a little bit. But yeah, if you ended up picking him up off the waiver wire, thinking that you can have a good run, and then it didn't work out, you could drop him sort of thing. But I have a glimmer of hope that he's going to turn it around in 2023. But he could. I'm not. I'm not calling it. I'm not saying that was a bad trade yet because I, dude, I, that was his first live action in what two yeah. years. So yeah. like I think a lot of people are forgetting that, but I yeah he'll be it'll be interesting to see where he goes in fantasy drafts next year. Yeah. So yeah, because he looked bad his first couple of games, but then he started to get a little bit better. You saw some on, of the yeah. old Deshaun Watson. Yeah. He still wasn't great, but I think that's why I said I have a little bit of more optimism that he could turn it around. He looked really good with Amari Cooper. Donovan Peoples Jones was getting involved too. David Dude. Njoku was definitely Njoku had a great touchdown too. last week. So I don't know if you he's saw got that. the weapons. He's got the weapons. I think he could turn it around. But yeah, we will save that for probably a later podcast down the road. Um, I'm gonna get We're to doing a, guy. a lot of later podcast. We have a lot of great content coming up. I mean, yeah, that's exactly yeah, what it do. is. <laughs> um, so I'm going to get into one of my disappointing guys. And I think a lot of people were very, very upset with this one, more than the Deshaun Watson pick. And that's Kyle Pitts, the tight end with the Atlanta Falcons. Like, I mean, he ended up finishing the season with 75.6 fantasy points in standard PPR formats. And he finished as the 33rd ranked fantasy tight end like i mean yes he did get hurt so that obviously let let um allowed him to not play in the final six games of the season so he only played in about 11 but even in those 11 games tad he had 28 receptions 356 I'm, receiving I'm yards i'm honestly surprised it's that high and only two touchdowns like i mean pretty much all season long people were yelling at arthur smith to like Throw help! It's the ball. Throw it the ball. Did he only have like five catches through the first like three games or something yeah, like that? Yeah, it was pretty bad. He was not getting involved at all. I think a lot of people still had a little bit of optimism because his route running was a little bit higher in the offense. But just overall, just for some reason, Arthur Smith was just not looking his way. Obviously, I know they had some struggles at the quarterback position. They had Marcus Mariota. Then they switched to Desmond Ritter. I mean, when Desmond Ritter came in, obviously Kyle Pitts was already on the injured reserve list. But just like they still need to figure out the tie, the quarterback position, obviously, to see if they could take Kyle Pitts to the next level. But he looked so good in his rookie year when Arthur Smith was the head coach. So it's like, why didn't it not translate to the second year? That's what I think shocked a lot of people who drafted him. Because, Tad, I think the biggest thing, like I said, is that the investment capital to draft him. A lot of people were taking him possibly as high as, like, the back end of the second round. But definitely he was going in the third round. A lot of people were taking him right after, obviously, Travis Kelsey, possibly your Mark Andrews. Maybe a George Kittle was going ahead. But there's a lot of people that had him ranked either third or fourth as far as your tight end rankings were concerned. So the fact that you had to invest that that much in him and he gave you that production like i said 75 points or whatever it was that i just said that's not good for a second or third round pick in your fantasy draft now it's not good for any draft it's pick. not good for any player exactly but like <laughs> i said i could i could like if my last round pick puts that up i'm gonna be pissed like come on yeah. man so like i said the potential is there the difference maker that we saw in his rookie season, I think that could still be there, obviously. We saw the emergence of rookies Tyler Algier in the backfield and Drake London on the outside. Maybe that will attract Algier more attention from opposing Algier defenses, did. which can allow Kyle Pitts to sort of break out a little bit better in his third season. Like I said, I think there's still potential there, so he's still going to go high in drafts. Just maybe people are going to be a little bit like, little bit I don't know wary. if I'm going to invest the third round now. Maybe I'm going to yeah. wait until the fourth or fifth or let somebody else deal with the headache. But like I said, 
upside. I think the potential is still there. I think he could rebound. It's just like, yeah, man, if you drafted him this year, you were not happy. I drafted him in the LEFB league. I, I told him. you not to. I told you not to. I, I thought it was you. going to work out. It totally, no. totally didn't. I was about to say, let me do my little pat myself on the back here because I told everybody, don't trust Drake London. Don't trust Marcus Mariota. Or uh, not Mark. Well, don't trust him either. But don't <laughs> trust uh, Kyle Pitts because it's just, again, it was one of those things where it was just like the, the chemistry and the whole like build up to it just didn't feel right. Right. Like it felt very, uh, what's the word? It like just put together with like duct tape. They were like, we have a quarterback here I used to work with, and we have a tight end here who's pretty good, and a receiver here. Where's Calvin Ridley? Ah, shit, he gambled. All right, he's gone. And it's just like it, it all felt very bad to me. I just kind of knew that wasn't going to work out very well. But I do agree with you is that Kyle Pitts now goes from top-tier tight end to potential sleeper potential for next year. Like that possible. that does – but it's just – it's hard because, yeah, once you only have two legit weapons – that combination and fun fact, Drake London was almost one of my picks for disappointment for this year. Yeah, yeah. Drake um, London so also, I think he finished as thirty eighth receiver or something like that. Yeah, so he still had a way better season, obviously, but it's just like I think the potential's there. <sighs> the this fact Atlanta that offense is way better. They just need to solve the quarterback position. If they could do that, I think they'll be just fine. Um, Ted, let's wrap this up. We got one more pick each. So who do you got as your final disappointment player? Yeah, I'll be honest. I phoned it in with this one. This one was easy. Uh, Alvin Kamara. Yeah. Like, I mean, this one was well-publicized, finishes the 18th-ranked running back. A uh, big reason for that is, again, the well-publicized fact they did not score a touchdown until the eighth week of the season, which is just insane to me. I don't know how – it's, like, almost impressively bad. Where you're like, wow, that's like – I don't even know. I don't think I could do that if I tried. Like, if I tried to prevent Kamara from scoring a touchdown, I don't think I could hold him back for eight weeks. And I was the offensive coordinator, but somehow they did it. So good for them. So, uh, you know, Kamara, people drafted him. I don't think expecting him to be his old self, but certainly expecting better than it outside of the top 15. Top yeah, 15 sure. for Alvin mm -hmm, Kamara, especially mm -hmm. with the dual way his game works in both the receiving and running game. Like, that's hard to do. Um, and it's just it, – it's it's – in saying, if you look at what's really saving Kamara's ranking here is the fact that that week eight game, when he finally scored his first touchdown, touchdowns actually, against yeah. the Raiders, he scored 30 points. Without that game, he probably would be in the 20s. Like that yeah, one game saved him from being in the teens. So, I mean, he only crossed 15 points. Get this, Mer. 15 points. He only scored more three times all season. That doesn't surprise me. The That's, way that offense I, looked, it doesn't surprise me at all. And well, this one, so I'm with you. Like that didn't really surprise me either. This one surprised me. He scored 10 points or less eight times this season. Yeah, that's pretty bad. <laughs> that's horrific. For where he was drafted in most leagues, that is horrific. So, I mean, he was disappointing fantasy, and you had to ask yourself, are we reaching the, the end of Alvin Kamara's career here? Is he on the tail end of his career? I don't know, but Alvin Kamara, oof. A lot of people drafted him again, not to be like, you know, running back one. Most people know he's done at that uh, in that role at this point. But man, like people drafted him to be a dependable running back, too. And I thought I, I thought he would fit that role. And like he was barely a flex play this year. Yeah, it was definitely a rough season if you drafted Alvin Kamara for your roster, for sure. So all right, let's sell this. <laughs> Is it Kamara or Kamara? I, I've heard it so many different ways, so I think yeah, we gotta figure this out. All right, well, <laughs> off-season topic.
There you go. Um, so I'm going to wrap things up with a receiver that was pretty disappointing that a lot of people sort of, you know, very similar to Kyle Pitts. Like he had a pretty good year the previous year, and then you thought you'd build upon that, but it didn't happen. It's related to Justin Fields, who I brought up earlier, but this is the flip side. Darnell Mooney, the wide receiver with the Chicago Bears. So Mooney ended up finishing the 2022 season with 101.5 fantasy points, was the 72nd ranked fantasy wide receiver in standard PPR format. So like I already talked about, Fields had a fantastic season, but it was in spite of Darnell Mooney in this offense. Like, I mean, Mooney surpassed 1,000 receiving yards last season, and we saw the chemistry with Justin Fields when the Chicago Bears decided to finally switch to Justin Fields as opposed to Nick Foles and a few of the other quarterbacks that they went with. So we thought that that was going to, once again, translate into the next year. It's just going to build upon them, maybe get to 1,200 receiving yards or something along those lines. But clearly, I think just the offensive line woes that the Chicago Bears had, it prevented Fields from finding enough time to hit Darnell Mooney. Saying that since the 2000s, the offensive yeah, line was clearly the issue with this <laughs> team. Um, so I don't think he had enough time to hit Mooney consistently on a lot of throws. But that's where Cole Komet ended up benefiting because of those shorter mm. throws, able to find him a lot quicker. The safety valve. Mooney only had 40 receptions on the season. Komet had 50. Mooney only scored twice this season. Komet scored seven times. Yes, Darnell Mooney very similar to Kyle Pitts. He missed the final five games of the season, which possibly could have allowed him to surpass Cole. Met, but still it's just like when you were watching him this season and if you're watching some bears games like i mean you thought that there would be more of an established connection that between chemistry. fields and that chemistry exactly the there. chemistry thing there we saw it in the year before in 2021 but just it did not translate into 2022 like i said hopefully they upgrade the offensive line maybe they bring in another weapon or two to help supplement both chase claypool and darnell mooney now to hopefully you know allow these guys to sort of function as a capable offense as opposed to it being just Justin Fields playing hero ball in that offense. So I have optimism that they could turn it around, but just, yeah, it was not good. A lot of people expected a lot of big things from Darnell Mooney. It just didn't happen. So we'll see what happens in 2023 and beyond with Darnell Mooney and this Bears offense. Yeah, I think Darnell Mooney is one of those ones where it was like, it was tough because it, it I was never a big believer in Justin Fields as a passer, so it was like, how much could you really expect? So it would really depend on where your expectations were. But I didn't certainly, I certainly did not expect it to be that bad. So like, yeah. even even with my low expectations, he still underperformed. It was just like, and I think a lot of people do that. Like, oh well, he got hurt. He still played eleven games yeah. or what, twelve games or whatever okay. the number yeah. is. Like, it's yeah now it, it'll be interesting and uh yeah we'll see if it, if it you know turns around is he going back to the bears is it, uh is he a free agent He's still under contract yeah this will okay. be his final year if i remember correctly so that, so. well and you know what maybe that'll benefit him though like you said they contract grab him here. a weapon and well contract here but if they grab another weapon mm-hmm. and you know more attention is kind of put over there then he opens up more because he does kind of screen not a pure slot receiver but more of a secondary receiver i think that's where he'll really thrive because he's not he's just not a true number one yeah exactly exactly so that'll wrap up our discussion topic here of fancy surprises and fancy disappointments um like we said we got a lot of great content coming up on the podcast Ooh, on the yeah, youtube episode as well both is going to be fancy related non-fancy related um but yeah the best way you can find out about everything that's happening with us is make sure you subscribe or to your podcast and subscribe to the lefe network's youtube channel we're going to have our own individual playlist on there and just wherever you listen to your podcast whether it's apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify you can listen right on the lefe network website 
website as well. Uh, just hit that subscribe button on both media channels there, and you'll always be up to date with everything that's happening with us. And besides that, like, I mean, we point this out every time, but you see that ticker down below. Follow us on our all social media handles. On Twitter, you got me at underthesigh23. You got Tad at TadDesigh94. You got the show handle, the Desai guys, and Instagram at the Decide guys there as well. So follow us. We're going to be posting some great content, some polls as the playoffs go along. We want to get your thoughts there. Uh, what are your thoughts on the fantasy season? Like, you know, who are your surprises? Who are your disappointments? We want to hear it all from you. So make sure you interact with us. We'd love to hear from you. To everybody who's already doing that, who's listening, who's watching, who's interacting, to anything and everything, guys, we really can't thank you enough. And like Amir said, we are going to be way more active on social media this year. That is a huge, huge focus for us. So polls, you know, when we say comment and replies, we will respond. I swear we will. Well, one of us will. But one, if not both of us, will respond. So be sure to be checking, again, those links right down there because I want to interact with you guys. I want to get to know you guys better. So I, I really want to get you know more connected with our fans in 2023. That's my New Year's resolution. So be sure to check out all our socials wherever you check out your podcasts. And like I said, we can't reveal too much right now, but this is going to be a very, very exciting year going forward with us. And we want to bring you guys along. So be sure to subscribe wherever you watch us or listen to us. And guys, I, happy new year. I am so, so thankful for every single one of you. And you know what, everybody? Let's stay safe. Oh,